Welcome to Local SEO Today. On this podcast, John Vong interviews business professionals and entrepreneurs in many fields to uncover challenges and successes in business ownership. Our goal is to provide you with insights into the entrepreneurship journey and give you tips and advice from real experience. Brought to you by Local SEO Search based in Toronto, Canada. Thanks for listening to Local SEO today. Don't forget to subscribe and share this episode. Joining me today is Omar Zanham, who co-founded Webinar Ninja, an online webinar platform. Omar also hosts his own podcast at $100 MBA show. Thanks for joining me today, Omar. It's great to be here, John. Thanks for having me. I'm excited because I know you're all the way from Sydney, Australia joining us. So um, how's the weather over there? Uh, today's a rainy day. We're going into summer. Uh, so it's warm during Christmas, which is interesting. Uh, but, uh, it's, uh, it's all right. It's just a bit rainy today, but the temperature, the temperature is getting higher and higher. You guys are using, you guys use Celsius in, in, uh, Canada. So we're, it's like 23 today, which is pretty amazing. Yeah. Mild. (laughs) Cause you, you, you're originally from New York, so you're used to the climate that we're used to here in Toronto. Oh, yes. Very harsh, <laughs> harsh weather. I mean, you got to be tough to just to survive the weather. Forget about the people. But uh, yeah, I mean, it, New York, uh, that's the one thing it doesn't have going with it. It's like humid and muggy and the summers are tough and the winters are brutally cold and the buildings are old. So the heating doesn't work. And it's just like, <laughs> I feel your pain. So today was minus 10 oh, walking my son to school and nice. I'm dreading to pick him up afterwards, but I have to do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I went to Ottawa on a short trip one time and it was like, it was literally a minus 30. Yeah. And I felt like once it's like past like minus 10, there's no difference. Like it doesn't really <laughs> make, there's no difference between minus 10 and minus 20. It's like, it's the same. Actually, I feel like it's actually better than being like one or something like that. I think like when there's a little bit too much humidity in the air, it feels colder. So it's, it's funny because uh, a couple of years ago here in Toronto, we hosted the NBA kind of uh, all-star game. And that weekend was minus 40. And that was the reason why no superstar player will want to want to be in Toronto, right? I, I'm yeah. surprised Kawhi actually did it because he's from San Diego. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, outside of that, I mean, nobody really wants to locate relocate to canada because they think it's bitterly cold which is because it's relative right to where yeah. so yeah but i hear they like they had they, you know in toronto they adore their players <laughs> and they're super super awesome i think Kawhi didn't pay for a meal the whole time he was there you know <laughs> like or, I, i'm a big demar DeRozan fan i feel like it was a shame you guys lost him he, he he was the heart and soul of toronto he's huge great player i love his game okay so thanks a lot because i've already enjoyed this but i know we have a short limited time and i want to hear i want you to share your journey um a little bit about your back history before you moved to sydney and we'll get in on that but even before you started your company like how did you what did you go to school for what did you want to do and how did you end up in this space Totally. Um, so uh, I'm an Egyptian American. My parents moved from Egypt to the U.S. in the late '60s. I was born and raised in the U.S. in New York. Um, and being uh, um, someone who has immigrant parents, it's a different experience because your parents sacrificed a lot to move to a new country and learn a new language. You know, my parents had to redo their degrees. They had to do odd jobs. My mom was like an elevator operator, and she's like a, you know. Registered dietitian. She's like a professional. 
Um, so when you live in that environment, there's a high pressure for you to succeed, for you to not take anything for granted, not to, to take advantage of every opportunity, uh, because they're like, we sacrificed a lot, so you don't have to suffer, you know, so you should, you don't, you don't really waste any opportunities when you grow up in that environment. I'm sure you understand what I'm talking about, you know, your parents coming from Vietnam. So, um, totally, uh, shaped who I am, uh. Uh, my mother had a huge influence on my life because my mom's a very resourceful, very uh, bright woman, very hardworking person. Um, always kind of taught me that, um, you know, nothing's going to be handed to you. You're going to have to work hard for it. Um, and the reality is, is that uh, as a minority, um, you're going to have to work harder. I know that sounds a little bit politically incorrect, but the truth of the matter is I grew up uh, I've never seen a successful entrepreneur that looks like me. I never, it's hard to do that when you don't have an example, you know, everybody looked like Tony Robbins, you know, and I don't look like Tony Robbins, right? Maybe I have the height, but I don't, that's pretty much it. Um, but uh, I thought along the journey, maybe I can be the person, maybe I can be the example. Why not? You know, there's always first time for something. And obviously now that we, you know, in 2020, there's a lot of diversity now and all that kind of stuff. And, but it wasn't like that growing up. So it's, it's a little bit, a lot of people understand that, that, that makes it a bit of a challenge for a lot of people that don't have examples in front of them. Um, I actually went to college to become a, an educator, a teacher. I went, I was an English uh, teacher for over 13 years. I was a, wow. actually a teacher for half of it. And then the other half, I was an administrator. I was like head of department at the university. Um, so I was in education. That was my job full-time for 13 years, I was uh, teaching and helping students. Uh, my specialty was English as a second language. So I was to help people learn English so they can be able to take their other courses in English, uh, immigrants or people that are, uh, uh, you know, English is not their first language. So uh, while I was doing that, I actually was building businesses on the side. I was building uh, uh, eBay stores. I was basically Amazing. making a lot of mistakes. I was building blogs and websites and doing consulting services. I was trying to figure out what kind of entrepreneur I wanted to be. I, want, I didn't even see myself as a business person. I just saw these as experiments, as can you make money online? Is this something? I was just interested in technology as well as online, the online world. It was very early days. We're talking about like 2020, uh, 2002, right? So it's like very, very early days. There was no you know, PayPal or eBay and all that. And there was no uh, even WordPress. You know, I was coding things in HTML. Um, Dreamweaver, remember that? Oh yeah. Uh, but uh, <laughs> so uh, after, uh, at a certain point in my uh, career, I I, I kind of just got frustrated with my uh, my choices in education. I actually was doing a job. Uh, I was the head of department, and then I the chair of the department uh, left, uh, and that that position was open, so I had to be the acting chair. And I did that job for about a year and a half, and. I, I was like, well, when are they going to make this job official? When am I going to get that job and get paid and all that kind of stuff? So I went to my supervisor, the dean at the time. I said, hey, what's going on? Like, why am I not getting a promotion? What's going on? And she just kind of saw it in my face. And she was like, she just couldn't lie to me in my face. So she just said, you know, I know that the director wants to make an outside hire for this position. Um, and at that moment, I just felt crushed because like I'm busting my ass here day in and day out. I'm doing somebody else's job for free basically. And I'm, I'm crushing it. I'm doing a great job. I did a way better job than the other person. And I have no control over my destiny. And I thought, you know, at that point, my frustration, I grew my fear. And I said, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to just change things up. And I thought if I put the same dedication and time and energy into my own thing, my own business, uh, I'd probably be uh, a whole lot more successful. At least I can do it on my terms. 
Um, and, and that kind of started things out. And from there, I uh, started a small business consulting business uh, that helped people like build their websites and their logos and all that kind of stuff. And that kind of morphed in. I learned a lot of lessons that people have struggled starting a business. They don't know the fundamentals. They don't know how to market. They don't know how to sell. They don't know their finances, all that kind of stuff. So I started a little program called the $100 MBA, which is exactly what it sounds like, a $100 MBA education. I started a podcast with the same name. Um, that uh, grew very quickly. Uh, and um, now we have over 140 million downloads on that podcast, uh, over 125,000 downloads a day. So it's been a very, very... A good tool for me to grow my audience. Off the back of that, in 2014, I launched a software company called Webinar Ninja, purely out of frustration because I hated running webinars with other software. So I created something for myself. Uh, we piloted it. We launched it to some beta users. Uh, today, that has over 15,000 users. Over a million people have used Webinar Ninja. Um, so that's in a nutshell how I got to here today. Um, but, uh, obviously there's a lot of, I'm, I'm, I'm covering up all the mistakes and the bruises and the bumps and the falls and all the embarrassing <laughs> stuff, but, um, that's, that's the fast forward version. That's awesome. So I'm going to take a step back and I know because growing up, you probably had parents like myself, right? Where they're very strict, but again, I didn't see any professionals that were Asian, just like yourself. And I was like, where do I see myself? Am I going to be a cook? Am I going to own a Chinese restaurant? Because that's discrimination, but that's reality, right? And that's what everyone expected you to do, right? Mm -hmm. So again, standing outside and looking back, actually, what would you tell people that are in this situation? Like, say they're raised in a very, you know, challenged environment. How can you step out to the box? Because it's not easy to do what you did because it's not norm. Your parents probably, you know, wanted you to pursue, mm -hmm. you know, education forever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and th that was like, actually, uh, not their first choice, you know, <laughs> like they would rather me be an engineer or a doctor, doctor. <laughs> yeah. exactly. but at least it's stable. Everybody needs education, you know, it's like the military, but, um, I would say that the best way I could convince somebody to do that is when you're young, when you're in high school, university, you just graduated, uh, you are in the best position you will ever be in to take risks, right? This is the time to take big risks because you have very low liabilities. You don't have responsibilities. You don't have any family or kids, or you're probably not married or have any you know, responsibilities in that area. Um, you have nothing to lose, you know, especially if you're, you're from uh, you know, a traditional background Worst case scenario, you'll move back to your parents. You know, like, it's okay. Like, you're, there's very little to lose. So this is not the time to go safe and get a job and nine to five. And, you know, th th you could do that later if you want to. But now when you have nothing to lose and you're a very low risk um, situation, uh, this is the time to try to start something, do something, fail, fall on your face, uh, be, you know, like one of the best things you can do in your entrepreneurial journey is to have a failed business. You'll learn so much about what not to do. You'll, you know, we have this saying in Egypt, I know this, this sounds funny, but we have this saying in Egypt that says, those who burn their mouth from, from, uh, from hot soup will blow in their yogurt. So like once you've been burnt by something, you are super cautious about what to do next. Right. So good time to take risks. Um, not, it's not the time to be conservative. 
that's the only way to learn, right? And yeah. as an entrepreneur yourself and myself, it's more like every time we fail, we learn not what not to do again, right? And that's the only way you evolve, right? Um, but as someone young to then take that action to do something, it's hard, especially when you're sheltered, your parents are guiding you to do certain things. And maybe your friends and your peers, your group mm -hmm. are also in that same kind of mindset, right? Um, for you to be unique, different, yep. right? It's gonna, it, but right now, access to information communities are much more accessible, right? So much you easier. You make a very, very good point, John. I mean, one of the things I say is that um, if you can't sell your family on what you're going to do, then you're not going to sell strangers. So it's a good exercise for you to, you know, sit down with them over dinner. It's like, Hey, I'm going to try something here. I know it's not what you guys are, but you know, give me six months. I'm going to, you know, give it all I can, you know, and then maybe we'll, re we'll rediscuss later, you know, just it's a negotiation, you know, and if you can't sell the people that love you and care about you, that know you more than anybody else, then you're not going to sell a stranger on your, you know, $200 course. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And you have to take risks, right? And side hustle, bootstrap, you do whatever it takes. Because if you don't know how to sell, it's going to be very difficult for you to grow your business or run a business. <laughs> yeah. Um, so turning away, uh, turning back to that career path of educator to then dabbling into these businesses. Um, how did you pivot away from those businesses to then that SaaS company that you run today? Um, you know, when I was a teacher, I, I ran maybe, I would say five or six side hustles, side businesses that did, some did really well, some did not well. But the best thing I got out of those is I discovered, I learned what kind of entrepreneur I wanted to be. I learned, mm, I don't like retail. I had, a, I had a, a clothing line, my own clothing line, custom tailored clothing for men. It actually was, it grew pretty quickly and it was really good, but I didn't enjoy it. I didn't enjoy retail. Uh, I wasn't as passionate as I was, uh, as my customers were. My customers were more passionate about the product than I was. That's a bad sign, right? So uh, I think you learn through these experiences because in the beginning, when you're naive, you just see opportunities. You're like, oh, this is a good opportunity. And then we go ahead and try to make some money. But it's more than just money. It's about value because you can make money quickly, but can you have sustainable value in that marketplace? Can you add something significant to that audience uh, that you're serving in the long term? Um, I, I, and I think for me, I really believe that you have to, leverage the value that you personally have, the experience, the special experience that you have. We all have different experiences in life. We have different journeys in life. I and mean, if you can find a business that can allow you to leverage that, that gives you a competitive advantage. And that's why I was gravitated to my SaaS business, Webinar Ninja, because webinars is basically teaching. And I'm able to not deny my past. I can say, oh, I'm not a teacher anymore. No, that history, those 13 years helped me big time when it comes to running webinars, showing people how to run webinars, showing people how to, you know, get the most and, and uh, give value to their audience when they're teaching and selling and all that kind of stuff. Because in today's information age, teaching is the new selling. So uh, I, I love to encourage people to find a product, find a business that really marries a lot of different experiences and special skills that only you have, or I don't want to say only, we're not, we're not unique snowflakes, but is unique to you. So for me, that was webinars. It, it combined technology. I was always into tech. It combines 
um, creativity and creating new things, creating new webinars, design, and combines teaching and learning. Um, and that's something that you won't really know until you kind of try a few things out and realize, okay, I need something that really helps my area of expertise. A good example of this is that, you know, I love to travel. If one day I wanted to start a travel blog, right? If I wanted to create, uh, write a book on like a travel guide, right? Um, I love Japan. Japan, I'm so passionate about Japan, it's great. But I only went to Japan once, it was 10 days, right? I can't add incredible value to Japan as my first book. Maybe if I have more time to research and live there for six months or whatever, I can be able to give you all these insights. Uh, a better, I'm not as passionate about this, but a better first book would be a guidebook to Egypt because my parents are Egyptian. I went to Egypt over a dozen times. I speak Arabic, I can haggle, I can tell you where the basis to go. This is where I can add the most value because this is my unique experience that most people don't have where it's just like, hey, I understand what it means to be like a Westerner, but in Egypt, that doesn't fly. This is what you got to do, you know? Uh, so leverage your unique experience really can build a great product or service. And that's great that you're saying that because everyone's unique. Everyone could storytell personalizing through their journey, life experience from everyone's work experience, life experience, social experience, upbringing experience, whatever it is, it's customized to you. And hearing it from you, Omar, it makes more of an impact than hearing it from me saying it all the time, right? Like yeah. everyone has their story, but people aren't utilizing it to the most extent. And you mentioning like someone that has real experience. What I mean by that is not 10 days, not one or two months. I'm talking about six months, years that you only know because you were in it and no one else can really know it as well as you, right? So right. what can you bring to the table that's different that will bring more value, like you mentioned, right? To the audience totally. member and understand who you want to target because everyone is different and unique. Understanding that person, uh, you know, persona, avatar, and understanding who you want to provide that product or service to makes a big difference in running a good industry or business, right? For your industry. Um, growing up, dream job, what was it? Oh, I always wanted to play professional basketball. Uh, my second dream job was I used to love to draw as a kid. Um, I wanted to be a cartoonist, maybe an animator for like Disney or something like that. I used to uh, watch, you know, Saturday morning cartoons and draw like Darkwing Duck and DuckTales and Ninja Turtles and things like that in my sketch pad. Um, that, that was, those are the two things I, I was really into. Um, but really what I realized looking back at it, I just love the idea of creating something out of nothing. Like that's what drawing is. You have an idea in your mind and then you, you manifest it on the paper. Um, and that's what entrepreneurship is. That's what business is. I'm, I was fascinated uh, when I started learning about business, uh, you know, 15, 16 years ago about these people called entrepreneurs that have an idea in their head and then fast forward X amount of months or years later, that thing is in the world. I'm like, what, who are these magicians? This is crazy. This is, you know, like where they just manifest things out of their head. And that's really something that I'm addicted to as an entrepreneur is creating great things, putting it into the world. I have this idea to improve webinar ninja or this feature or this thing. And we, we work together as a team. I get the best experts to work on it and it's out there. It's a reality. And it was just in my head a few months ago. That's crazy to me. Like that sounds like that's pure magic to me. And that's what gets me excited. Well, it sounds like you're super passionate and you're, <laughs> you know, and that's what every entrepreneur needs, right? That, that drive, that, that will to want to do better, right? Adding value to your customers. I mean, 
you know, you wake up and I'm sure you're excited waking up because you enjoy what you do, right? You love, you own it. You're, you're like motivated to have that goal that, you know, what you bring value you bring to the market. So it's awesome. Yeah. Uh, in terms of that journey of um, moving away from side hustle to starting, did you have coaches, mentors, people that kind of got you closer to where you are today? Or did you kind of learn it on your own? I would say a little bit of both. I think I, I did a lot of, in the beginning, I, I didn't know many people. Uh, I didn't have the money to hire anybody. So I did a lot of uh, reading of blog posts, uh, joining forums and groups, uh, you know, before Facebook groups, there were like these little forums you can join and, and, and participate and read. Um, so I was very resourceful. I, I was really hungry to learn uh, business and understand how to start, you know, smaller online businesses, things like that, niche businesses. Um, later on, as I grew, as I got to know people more, I realized, okay, man, who, you know, really matters. You need to kind of, um, and I really encourage people to join online conferences, in-person conferences when those are back. Um, because this is, uh, this is the network that's going to help you grow. No one builds a business alone. You need to have people around you to help you, to promote you, to, to support your initiatives. Um, you know, when I started to do that, that was back in 2012. Um, and all the people that I kind of came up with, we were like kind of part of a group or we're still kind of part of a Slack community uh, where we started our businesses around the same time and we support each other, you know, uh, we were able to kind of promote each other, help each other, cross ideas with each other. Uh, some of these people like are, you know, big time, you know, like, you know, we have Nathan Barry from ConvertKit in that group or Chris Savage from Wistia, the founder of Wistia um, or Noah Kagan, Noah Kagan from AppSumo and Sumo Group. So these people are really helping along the way to kind of understand um, what it actually takes. And one of the things I advise people to do is find somebody in your, in your kind of market that's maybe a few years ahead of you, is where you want to be in three years. And, uh, you know, ask if you can have a monthly call, even pay them if you have to, or send them a coffee or send them, uh, you know, an Amazon gift card or whatever it is, whatever you got to do to get on that call. I did this. Uh, luckily, it, I, you know, um, it, it was Noah Kagan and Noah Kagan was super gracious about it. He was just like, just jump on a Skype call. And uh, he actually helped me before I started Webinar Ninja because I know he had a SaaS business with Sumo. And he kind of gave me some advice about like, you know, what to look out for. What are some things that you have to change in your mindset? One of the things was that in SaaS, there is no finish line. Uh, it's not like a product where like a course where you yeah. launch it and yes, it's done. Here we go. Sell it. Uh, no, it's, it's, there's always something to improve. There's something to, to change. There's bugs, there's things, all that kind of stuff you have to, you know, um, constantly update. Um, and that really helped me along the way. So my advice is definitely try to build a network of friends that will understand what you're going through and that you can support each other and to give back without worrying about what you're getting in return. Uh, and then find somebody that's a few years ahead of you, uh, and, um, pick their brain, find out, you know, how do they get there? Because it's, it's not that long ago for them to remember. And it's also not that far ahead where they just like, I'm so out of touch and the market's different now and all that kind of stuff. And you'll find that a lot of entrepreneurs are willing to support totally. people that are hungry and are seeking advice because they understood what you're going through, right? Um, and that's why I found like, not just in the SEO community, but like business entrepreneurship community, right? Like these 
people are so gracious to help and wanted, uh, you know, see opportunity, like people that are hungry and want to make a difference in the world, right? Mm -hmm. And we want to help each other become better people, right? To produce the best quality product or service or whatever it is. Because if we all do, you know, work together and are kind of building better communities, we're going to support another one another, right? And totally. bring more value for everyone, uh, elevate everyone else. So I love that. Um, mistakes. Can you share some of the biggest mistakes that you've made? I know you made probably dozens over the years, mm -hmm. same as myself. Um, what can you share and how did you overcome them? Uh, one of the biggest mistakes I made was my first podcast. So uh, Nicole, my, my wife and business partner, we started a podcast back in 2013 before the $100 MBA called People Who Know Their Shit. Um, and it was an interview podcast, different uh, entrepreneurs. We had some really good, good, good interviews. Uh, we got Gary Vaynerchuk on that show. It was great. Uh, a lot of fun. We did 46 episodes, um, but it just didn't move the needle. On a great day, we had like maybe 400 downloads, which was less than how much traffic we were getting on a blog post, which was not really what we we're looking for. We really want to move the needle in a major way on our podcast. And we were just struggling with trying to understand why is this podcast failing? Why is it not working? Um, and we actually went on a road trip at that time to do a consulting job. Um, and we went from, and we decided to drive from, from San Diego to New York to do this job, just to get some time to think and to discuss. And when it's just you in the open road, you're just faced with the reality of the situation. And I realized, you know what, let's just get real here. Let's look at the top business podcasts in iTunes. You have, uh, you know, for example, Tim Ferriss. Tim Ferriss has got four New York Times bestselling. He's a four-time four New York Times bestselling author. Like this guy, all he does is win. How am I going to compete with this guy? How am I going to compete with Pat Flynn, who everybody adores and loves and been podcasting since 2009? How am I going to compete with a Jordan Harbinger uh, who's been podcasting before the iPhone? You know, like you, you have to get real with yourself. How am I going to differentiate? How am I going to be something uh, uniquely valuable? If I'm just another Me Too podcast, which is a podcast interviewing other, you know, entrepreneurs, uh, if it doesn't have any kind of angle or twist or any kind of uh, unique value. And I realized that we're not leveraging our strengths, again, using our unique experience. I'm not the best interviewer, but I'm a great teacher. I, I, I can confidently say I'm a better teacher than everybody that I just mentioned, you know, with all due respect because I have that experience. I have that training. I have a master's in education. I know how to teach. I know how to take complex ideas, break them down to simple ideas and to bite-sized chunks so that we can get to a result. I know this because my job depended on it. I had to get, get kids to pass an exam at the end of the semester. And I had to take a lot of information and break it down to small, small lessons throughout the semester. Um, so I realized, okay, I should be teaching on this podcast. Um, another thing that Nicole mentioned was, hey, um, you know, she, she's an avid listener podcast. She loves languages. There's a great podcast called Coffee Break French and Coffee Break Spanish, which is like daily lessons in language, how to learn a language. And we thought, well, nobody's doing this in business, like teaching you something every day to get better, like a language lesson. And we said, why don't we do this with business and just teach? And, and I can just build out a curriculum and be able to teach a lesson every day on business so you can really grow your business. And that's the genesis of the $100 MBA podcast. Um, and uh, six months later, we won Best of iTunes. 
which was uh, which was great to kind of uh, experience that because it's like winning an Oscar in in, in in podcasting. But you know, Apple told us the reason why we won is because we added unique value to the genre. You know, no one was doing lessons, no one was teaching on businesses. Either it was interview or it was discussion or banter or whatever it was. But um, again, I mean, we failed miserably on that podcast, but we learned. What are we doing wrong here? Well, we're not leveraging our strengths. We're not leveraging our unique experience. Let's double down on that because this is how we can be competitive. Yeah, and I think that road trip allowed you to really take a step back. And that's the thing. A lot of people are like so in it. They're spending so many hours, sleepless nights, don't know where the next paycheck's going to be. They're stressing over these things. And when you actually take a step back. And this is why I think coaches and mentors actually are worth it near the beginning because they're looking from the outside. And when you're in it, you're blinded by what is really going on. Right. If, yeah, you know what I mean? Like for myself, I, I feel like the last I've been bootstrapping for many, many years and, you know, I, I enjoy what I do and I'm learning, I'm getting coaches and whatnot. But for me, it's like, Every weekend, I need to sit back and like reflect. I need to go on these week-long cruises or vacations to really reflect, to see where are the gaps and opportunities, the wins, the strengths, weaknesses, where can I get better, add more value, learn from mistakes. But if you don't do that, you're so in it. Yeah. Yeah. The best ideas come when you're not working, when you're on a walk, when you're on vacation, when you're just laying on the beach. That's when your mind gets a chance to just uh, get creative and, you know, things come out of the subconscious, but, um, you're right. Sometimes we don't give her a chance to step back and reflect it. Also, we, uh, on another note, we don't spend enough time as entrepreneurs looking back at the accomplishments we've had, the wins. We always look at our shortcomings and we realize, wow, you know, I've done a lot of great things. I've done a lot. I've impacted a lot of people. I've helped a lot of people. Um, and that's really important because it gives you momentum that gives you confidence that gives you uh, this feeling of, you know, this is worth it. This is significant. I'm actually making a difference. And if you don't make that time to look back and pat yourself on the back on the accomplishments you've had, um, it it can get real rough on you. Yeah. And just being grateful, right? Like where you came to where you're now at. And Mm -hmm. as much as like, you know, people don't understand when you're an entrepreneur, like people think, wow, you're the boss or whatever. You, you own a company and you're making X amount. They don't see what you did for the last 30 years to get totally. to where you are. Right. So they yeah. think, wow, they see the social posts and they're like, oh, make X amount in a month. Everyone's going to make it. If it was that easy, everyone would be doing it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So. This massive amount of risk that you took in the beginning and your time and your effort and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So uh, what drives you today? What drives me? That's a great question. Um, there's always uh, different levels to entrepreneurship. There's always different um, stages. Uh, to use a, a metaphor, um, it's like climbing Mount Everest. You know, in the beginning in Mount Everest, it's really just a hike. You're going for a walk, right? Uh, and anybody can start a business, right? The challenge is staying in business and, and and continually to grow and to be sustainable. As you go up the mountain, it gets harder. Your thighs your thighs start burning. You get tired. You you know you have to start to have a different strategy. You have to start climbing vertically. That means you need different tools. You might need a Sherpa, somebody else to guide you through this treacherous mountain. 
Uh, the air is thin. You might need an oxygen tank. It's getting cold. You need different clothes. A lot of people don't realize, and I realize this the hard way, is what, what drives me about business is that it forces you to become a better person. It forces you to change and improve. It forces you to uh, overcome challenges, and that makes you stronger. Um, but it also teaches you that you know every stage, you have to evolve. You have to do different things. You have to change your habits. You have to attack and approach your business in a different way because, uh, you know, mid mountain, the peak of the mountain, it's a different environment than just the valley where you're just walking. Um, so to me, th that's what really drives me. This is why I love reading biographies. I, I love reading, you know, the stories of past, on, you know, entrepreneurs like you know, Steve Jobs is a biography by Walter Isaacson or uh, Shoe Dog by Phil Knight or uh, Ashley Vance's Elon Musk. The reason why it's great to read that because it, it defines who you have to become to be a success of that level. Like if you have aspirations to be at any level of success, you have to change who you are. You got to change your habits because you, if you read their story, they're not the same person as they are, you know, 20 years later, they've changed, they evolved, who they work with is different, their goals or ambition, what they believe in their mindset, all that kind of stuff changes along the way. And if you continue to think, oh, this is who I am, I'm not changing, you're not going to move. And um, that's what drives me the most is that is that personal, I always say that entrepreneurship is the ultimate personal development program because it challenges you mentally, physically, emotionally, uh, financially in every way. Um, and if you could survive it and come out the other end, um, I guarantee that's a strong, strong person. Yeah. And I love how you're always reading because that's the only thing, right? Like you can get in as much information as possible, like watching videos, listening to podcasts are great, but I love reading books too. And I read like 50 to hundred a year just to consume good content. Right. And see where the gaps, how I can improve. And maybe it's the entrepreneurial side of like us, but it's always trying to challenge you, push you a little bit further, right? Becoming more curious because where are the yeah. gaps? Where are the opportunities? What am I lacking? How can I improve? What can I do better? There's always things and questions I'm always asking myself. Am I doing everything right? Is it okay? Can I do things better? How can I be more efficient and productive? Like all these things go in my yeah. mind all the time, right? The, the crazy value of a book is crazy. The amount of value you get out of a $10, $15 book is insane. The, the lessons yeah. that you learn, the mind shifts, the aha moments, the, the entertainment value that you get from a story. It's, it's incredible how much you, I think it's like, it's, it's, I feel guilty. It's like a highway robbery of what you get out of a book. Um, and I'm a big believer, like you said, like, like what you do is that uh, your environment, the things you put in your head will affect the ideas that come out of it. Like you can't, uh, if I watched, you know, um, I don't know, uh, some trashy shows, keeping up with the Kardashians, no offense to the Kardashians, they're, they're, you know, successful entrepreneurs. But if I watch that 24 seven, and then I go ahead and let me start a business, like you're not going to have a, a diverse set of ideas or influences. You, you can't be friends maybe with Phil Knight, but maybe you can read a story and understand and get inside his head and it'd be as close as possible. And that's goal to me. So, and if you're not in the habit of reading, I understand I wasn't always a reader uh, growing up as a kid. Um, start with something. Uh, I love this quote. I, I forgot who said it, but um, whoever it is, uh, thanks for it. Um, is start by 
reading what you love and then you'll start to love what you read and like oh no sorry start reading what you love so like you might like read magazines or you might want to read uh, uh, novels or maybe you like to read nonfiction or uh, you know maybe something about fixing cars or something like that and then once you get into the habit of reading then you can start picking up other books that are a little heavier philosophy and business and self-help and that builds that muscle. Audiobooks are another uh, option that allow you to listen while you're working out, while you're driving, while you're commuting, all that kind of stuff. Exactly. So last couple questions, I wanted to ask you, business aside, what are some of the other pillars that really drive you and mold you to become who you are? Yeah, I think that's a good question. I think one of the things is that give, taking time to question what you're doing, question your decisions. Um, as entrepreneurs, by default, we're very confident people. We're bold. We're trying to do things. Yeah, I believe in myself, right? But sometimes you have to question like, do I really want that? Do I really, do I really want to build this type of business? Do I really want to have these types of customers? Do I really want every step of the way, every decision you make, if I price my products low, I'm going to attract a certain customer. Do I want to deal with these customers? Do I want to have this type of customer, right? It's okay to question your decisions sometimes. It's okay to un understand that you're not perfect and not every decision you make. In the beginning in entrepreneurship, you know, you're like a bull in the china shop. You're just kind of like trying things and breaking things. And But eventually you have to start refining yourself and start looking around and, okay, am I, I'm not saying to, to be hesitant or to be, you know, have analysis paralysis, but question your decisions, question what you're doing, question if this is what you want. And if the answer is yes, move forward. You know, uh, a lot of us, we might build a business and we find ourselves in this like trap. Oh my gosh, I built this trap of a business where it's like, I don't enjoy what I do every day. I'm, I'm kind of an indentured servant to my own creation. I created this own Frankenstein, you know? So, uh, question along the way, reevaluate. And one of the things that Nicole and I do is that we do like an end of year evaluation. And this is just, you step out of the office for a couple of days, you go somewhere and you just, are you happy? Is this what you want? Where do you want to go a year from now? What do we have to change? What are some things that are bothering me? Uh, that is really important to do because it, like you said, sometimes it's just go, go, go. Um, the other thing I would say is one of the things I picked up recently uh, I say recently, maybe the last four or five years is that you have to take care of your body. You have to take care of your health. Um, if you are not healthy, if you are not in shape, uh, everything will be affected. If you're in the hospital, um, your business is going to be affected, your family, your life, your whole livelihood. What is the point of building this whole business is that if you're in 60 and you retire and you don't have the physical ability to enjoy travel or enjoy life or walk up a flight of stairs, um, and that's the reality. A lot of us, we will neglect our health and we think that, oh, there's no time for that hustle to your brain, you know, bleed or stuff like that. No, there's no reason for that. You'll actually be more efficient if you do take that 30 minutes for that walk or go to the gym and come back refreshed and get enough sleep and get and eat right and all that kind of stuff. So um, that is one investment that you can make because you as the captain of the ship need to be in the best shape possible so you can make the right decisions. If somebody's gonna buy your business or invest in your business, the first thing they wanna find out is that, are you a good decision maker? Are you somebody that understands how to take the right risks? And if you are in in horrible shape and you, you're gonna be affected, you're gonna be, your decision-making abilities will be affected. I love that because uh, you mold your destiny and you gotta figure out what really ultimately brings happiness 
during this pandemic, people realize what's ultimately very important mm. to them, right? Is it family? Is it health? Is it relationships? Is it business? Or is it like just the social environment of getting out there, right? Meeting people that they now can't, right? Mm -hmm. So it's like understanding what, what really brings you true happiness, right? Um, I, I love that. Well, thanks a lot, Omar. Um, how can some of the audience members reach you, get a hold of you, check you out? Um, can you leave um, you know, some of the contacts? Sure. Um, so if you want to learn more about what we do, you can check out the $100 MBA at 100mba.net. Uh, you can check out the podcast there as well. Uh, if you want to learn more about uh, running your own webinars with Webinar Ninja or how to run a webinar, uh, just go to webinarninja.com. We got a lot of free resources, free courses, all that kind of stuff. Um, I'm mostly active on Twitter. Uh, at the Omar Zenhome is my uh, handle on Twitter. Uh, that's kind of the best way to kind of reach out to me, um, trying to kind of limit my social activity. <laughs> that's true. I, I've been disconnected. I'm super present with my side nice. uh, because honestly, what's more important than family? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So thanks a lot, Omar. That was great. Thank you. Thank you, John. Thank you for listening to our latest podcast. Please subscribe to Local SEO Today and tune in to our next episode.